Welcome to Harvest Mission Community Church. You are listening to one of our sermons. If you have your Bibles, turn to Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14. We're going to start from verse 1 and just read it all the way through, uh, just chunks at a time, all the way to verse 31. Uh, This is a story that many of you are familiar with. But if you remember, we are closing out the series today. And the last three weeks, we've been talking about just moving forward. What does that mean to move forward? And we looked at different stories and looked into the Bible. And we talked about the importance of just moving forward in obedience and why that's important for our walk with God. We also talked about moving forward in investment, the things that God has given us, whether it's our time, our talents, or even treasures in our lives. We're using all those things for a greater purpose, seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. And last week we talked about forward in partnership and how important it is to not only rely upon each other and help each other, especially during these times, but also to learn how to rely upon God, to trust in him. And we partner together, not only with one another, but we most of all partner with God as we begin to pray and see him do great things. Today, I want to close out the series and talk about moving forward in faith. And I'm praying that this will be an encouragement to all of us, because I think many of us in this room or those of us who are watching, uh, as you know, that we're all in a situation where we have to respond in faith. If you're not at that point right now, you will come to a crossroad in your life where you have to respond in faith. And so that's why we want to talk about this today. Uh, I'm going to do something a little bit different as I don't know how it's going to go. Honestly, I'm just kind of thinking about this. And um, as I was kind of thinking of this topic of faith, uh, one of the things that came into my mind was that all of us, we know the importance of it. We know what faith is about, but it is so hard to do and to actually live out, to live our lives every single day with faith and trust in God. And so I was just thinking about this, and I said, you know, this is very similar to our health. Because all of us, we know how important our health is. Uh, We understand it's important to exercise. We understand it's important to eat well. So it's something that we all know, but it is so hard to do. Especially as you're walking late at night, and you see these golden arches, and they're calling out to you, come because it is 24 hours and you can eat there. And so it it is something you know, but it's so hard to do. Uh, Let me look at it from a different angle uh, and talk about procrastination. We all know that it is not good to procrastinate because it's going to affect us in our relationship with people, in our relationship with our coworkers, and even with the assignments that we have to do for school, whatever it may be. So we all know this, but it is so hard. That's why that one extra episode from Netflix calls out to us. Not only that, but whoever discovered the suggested videos and it automatically plays, we need to to rebuke that spirit and pray for them. Because all I can say is that it's just that one more and you continue to put away the things that you know you ought to do. And so I think this is the same way when we talk about living by faith, we all know that not only does it honor God, but it's something that's going to help us in our spiritual walk, 
in our commitment to Christ, but it is so hard to do. And I think to help us to kind of see where we are as a church, and I know many of you are uh, online now and watching, I want to take a poll. So what we're going to do at this moment is we're going to do a Mentimeter. And so this will be an active participation by all of you. There is a QR code right in front of you. If you could scan it, we need all of you to participate so that we can get a pretty accurate reading of people in our church who are going to answer these questions. And hopefully it will give us a glimpse a little bit into the kind of people that we have who are watching today and as we talk about this topic of faith. So I have five questions that I want to ask you as you are looking uh, hopefully at the screen in front of you there. And I'm going to ask five questions. The first question is simply this. And go ahead and fill it out as you're able to. And the first question is, which is easier to have faith for when it comes to an event happening in our lifetime? A, the pandemic ending by mid-autumn festival, which is October 1st. B, affordable Hong Kong housing. Um, I think Jesus might have to come back before then. Or C, HMCC finding a multi-floor facility. Praise the Lord. Amen. Or D, Kanye West becoming a U.S. president. So go ahead and fill that out. Pick one of those four options. As you're filling that out, uh, you can slowly uh, see in front of you uh, some of the responses. And okay, wow, people are wanting... Kanye West to the president of the United States. So go ahead and try to respond. There's a little bit of a delay, so we're going to go ahead and just uh, wait a little bit and have you respond to that. So that's the first question. Amen. Many of you have faith that we will find a multi-floored facility for our church. We're going we're gonna to pray that in. We're going to believe that by faith. The second question, so if you look at if you look at it, we see more people believing that in our lifetime, we are going to find a multi-storied facility for our church. So praise God. I'm excited that many of us, we have faith for that. The second question I have is this. Which book in the Bible has a whole chapter dedicated to the topic of faith? Is it A, 1 Corinthians? Is it B, 1 Timothy? Is it C, 2 Timothy, or is it Hebrews? So, which book in the Bible is dedicated to the topic of faith? So, if you look at your screen, you realize that most of you have chosen the book of Hebrews. And the answer, the correct answer is D, Delta. So, you are correct. So, it is the book of Hebrews. Now, the next question is going to be a little bit more of a word cloud so that you can actually see some of the responses uh, from people in our church. And the question is this, where do most people place their trust or their faith in? So where do most people? And so go ahead and just fill it out, if you will. And in 10, 15, some seconds, uh, we're going to see a word cloud up there. And you'll see how people responded in terms of where people place most of their faith and their trust in. So as you can tell, 
the most important person in the world is ourselves, right? So that's why we are there. And of course, in Hong Kong, money, career, all these answers, we see that this is where we put a lot of our trust and a lot of our faith in. Amen. So let's go ahead and go to the fourth question. The fourth question is this. According to the King James Version Bible, how many times does the word faith appear? So in the Bible, how many times in the Old Testament and the New Testament together, so in the whole Bible, how many times does the word faith appear? And this is according to the King James Version. So A, 336 times. B, 1,169, or C, 666, or D, 715. Uh, let me just give you a hint. I don't know if you want to pick 666. We always get people who are trying to be funny, but it's not working. That is the interesting number there, all right? I just put that as a little joke, but someone actually picked it, so praise the Lord. Uh, we'll talk about eschatology one of these days, the mark of the beast. Anyway, so... Let's see the response. As you can tell, most people are choosing the 715. And the correct answer, according to the King James Version, the word faith appears 336 times. And the last question as we kind of close out here is, what is one area, uh, area of your life that is the hardest to live by faith? So right now, currently in your life, what is one area that is very difficult to live by faith? Can we go ahead and respond honestly and genuinely? Because this will once again help us to understand who it is that we're sharing the word of God with. And as well, it's just to encourage you that you're not the only one. There are a lot of other people who are struggling and wrestling with some of these different issues. So once again, you'll see things like future or career relationships, uh, mental health, uh, and once again, future and career and relationships seems to be the ones that sometimes it's the hardest to really live by faith and trust in God. Well, thanks for participating. In fact, this kind of helps us to understand that all of us, no matter who you are as you're watching this, that we do struggle. We, we know what faith is. We know that we ought to live by faith. But one time, sometimes it's one of the hardest things to do is to actually live every single day trusting in God and living by faith and believing that He has our best interests in mind. I think we all struggle with having faith for just different areas in our lives as we have seen, whether it's our career, our future, relationship, whatever it may be. But can I just say this? One fact that we all forget is every single one of us, at the sound of my voice, those of you who are listening, every single one of us, Every single day, we live by faith. I, I know that's kind of hard to believe because some of you are struggling with trusting in God. But the act of faith, doing something, believing that something's going to happen, we do this all the time. Let me give you some examples. When you set up your alarm clock, you're doing that in faith. What if your phone resets in the middle of the night and just completely gets rid of all your alarms? Or you thought you were charging your phone, but you did it. And it just completely shuts down. And you have a very important interview the next day. But we don't think about that. So you're actually exhibiting faith by 
setting up your alarm, and then just going to sleep because you believe that it's going to wake you up next morning. Another thing that I was thinking about when it comes to how every single day all of us to some extent and to some level exhibit some level of faith is when we send a WhatsApp message and it's not blue ticked. There's no blue tick on it. So we are believing that the person did not see it unless you have an Apple phone and there's all these little tricks and things like that. But you send a WhatsApp message and you don't see a blue tick. And so you believe by faith that that person has not read it and then they will respond soon. Those of us who don't, we're going to be like, hello, did you get this message? What's going on? You try all their means. Sometimes you wait until see if they have an online thing. There's a lot of stuff we do, but once again, in our life of faith, we just believe that they haven't seen it yet, and they'll respond when the time is appropriate. Let me give you a couple more just to kind of help us to see that every single day we're living by faith. We exhibit faith. Uh, another one is getting into the MTR or on a bus and having faith that it will not crash or you will not get into accident. I mean, when was the last time some of you have thought about that? It's only when you read on the news that one of the MTR trains uh, kind of derailed, or even when you hear about people passing away because of a bus that was taking a turn and it flipped over. But honestly, uh, even for me, when I get on the MTR, when I get on the bus, I don't think about, like, this is going to crash. So we get on in faith believing that it's going to take us to where we need to go. Another one I was thinking about, and I hope you're being convinced that every single day we live by faith. Another one is going to a mall and having faith that they will have AC. Like, I don't know if you think about this or not, but every single time when it's very hot and you're like, let's go to the mall, a lot of it is because you believe that it's cool there because there's AC. So a lot of these things, every single day we're living by faith. But ironically, we exhibit faith in all these things, but not in the thing that matters the most, which is our relationship with God. When it comes to faith, we are so dependent. When it comes to our, our faith with God, it gets so dependent on our feelings and circumstances, but this is completely opposite to what real faith is all about because it's not about feelings in fact it's completely in the opposite end of circumstances because it's not about what you see listen to what john white said in his book excellence in leadership he writes this faith is not a feeling it is not even the feeling that something is going to happen in answer to our prayers Faith may be easier to exercise when such feelings are present. Nevertheless, feelings of that sort never constitute faith. Faith is a response on our part, the obedient response of our wills to who God is and what he says. Did you catch that last part? It's a response on our part, an obedient response of our wills to who God is and what he says. That's what really faith is about. So my question to you is this. What do you believe about God? Who do you believe God is? 
What does he say in his word? So today as we talk about an instant, uh, situation that happened in history according to the Bible where Moses responded in faith to who God is and what he said, I'm praying that it will encourage us to develop this faith in our relationship with God. So let me talk about the one thing. The one thing is simply this, that we must look upward to God so that we can move forward with God. So we must look upward to God so that we can move forward with God. There are two things I'm going to highlight for us in the story of the splitting of the Red Sea. Two things that we must remember in order for us to look up to God, up towards, upward to God, so that we can move forward with God. The first thing is that fear hinders us from doing God's will. That fear hinders us from doing God's will. Now, before we actually read the story, which, like I said, many of you who've been brought up in the church, you've heard the story about Moses and the Israelite people and the splitting of the Red Sea and then walking through it and the Egyptians chasing after them fall into the water and they all pass away. Now, I don't know about you, but a lot of times when we read stories, unless you have a very imaginative mind, uh, a lot of us, it's just very hard to kind of conceptually understand this. So that's why I love it when in the media they're able to kind of portray some of these stories. And you have to understand, like a lot of the things that we see in Scripture, it's a record of God's works. It's about miracles. It's about supernatural things. And that's why it's hard for us to actually visualize it and to actually see it. And so I wanted to show you just one rendition of the scene of uh, the splitting of the Red Sea. So if you could just watch it, uh, you could put up the volume, uh, the, the music in the background, everything, just the intensity of it, and that will pretty much summarize this passage. And then I want to talk a little bit about how fear hinders us in doing the will of God. So let's watch it together. Isn't that awesome? Something about seeing things visually that really has a deeper or a greater significance to the story. And I, I'm praying that as we talk about faith and looking upward to God, that we could actually start moving forward uh, with God. So let me go ahead and read the first nine verses as we talk about how fear hinders us from doing God's will. This is what the Word of God says. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the people of Israel to turn back and encamp in front of Pi-Hai-Iroth between Migdal and the sea in front of Baal-Zephon. You shall encamp, encamp facing it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say to the people of Israel, They are wandering in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will pursue them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And they did so. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, the minds of Pharaoh and his servants was changed towards the people. And they said, what is this we have done that we have let Israel go from serving us? So he made ready his chariot and took his army with him. And he took 600 chosen chariots and all the other chariots in Egypt with officers all over, all over of them. 
And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the people of Israel while the people of Israel were going out defiantly. The Egyptians pursued them, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and his horsemen and his army, and overtook them encamped at the sea by Piahiroth in front of Baal Zephon. Let's just pause here as we look at the first nine verses of the story. Just so that you understand, in order to have a greater um, context of the story, you have to remember that the Israelites were slaves for several years or several hundred years in Egypt. And so they were crying out to God and God finally heard their prayers and he raised up Moses and Aaron to go to tell Pharaoh to let the people of God go. And after God sends 10 plagues, and the last one being the death of the firstborn, that is when finally Pharaoh humbled himself and let people, or God's people go from the Egyptian slavery. Now, with that little bit of context, I want you to understand that there are a couple things here that we learn about God when we are facing fears in our lives. The first thing is this. You have to remember that God reaffirms his purpose, that God reaffirms his purpose. If you look at verse one, we see that God tells Moses to tell the Israelites to turn back and then encamp near the sea. Now, it might seem very strange because they're trying to move forward and away from Egypt, but it's almost as if God says to stop right, right where you are, turn around, and then set camp near the sea. Now, let me show you a quick map so you understand what's going on. You will notice in this map that it's right in front of um, Pihiroth and between Migdal, if you can just uh, see the circle there. I don't know if it's there or not. You'll see it there. And then by the sea. So you will notice in these three specific areas that clearly in the scriptures, this is what God is telling Moses to keep in mind. So if you look at that red section, that's where they crossed over in the Red Sea. So he's telling them to camp in between those three circles that you see, to wait there. Now, this seems strange because it seems like they were going, once again, backwards and headed for a trap where the Egyptians were actually coming towards them. Now, why rest when the Egyptians were coming after them in hot pursuit? But then if you look at verse 4 again, God clearly tells Moses what is about to come and that everything that will happen is going to be for his glory. Now, you need to understand why this is important in this story. The hardening of Pharaoh's heart and the Israelite people being pursued by the Egyptians he says, everything will be for his glory. Also, through everything that will happen, the Egyptians will know that there is no other God like the God of the Israelite people. So those are the two things that I need for you to understand. When we talk about God reaffirming his purpose, is that number one, that everyone will see, if it's all done for his glory. And the second thing is that the Egyptians will know that there is no other God like the Israel's God. Then in verse 8, you will notice that everything that God told Moses 
would happen, happened. That's why I'm, I'm just wondering here if some of our fears are actually produced because we don't fully trust in what God knows that he knows what he's doing. So think about that for a moment. A lot of the fears that you and I have in our lives, I'm wondering if it's produced because we don't fully trust in God's purpose or in the words that he has spoken through the Bible. But time and time again, God shows us that everything that happens is for his glory and for our good so that people will know that there is no other God like our God. What are some of the fears that you're facing right now in your life? Do you see God reaffirming his purpose by clearly letting you know that this is what he has spoken in his word, that he cannot go against what he said in his word? So not only does God reaffirm his purpose, but I want you to also notice here when we look at verse 10 through 14 that God reassures his people. Not only reaffirming his purpose, but God reassures his people. Let's go ahead and read verse 10 through 14. It says this, When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, It is because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness. What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Verse 13. And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. Amazing. You notice in verse 10, the Israelite people saw the circumstances around them, and it says that they were very fearful, and they started crying out to the Lord. Now, let me give you the New Living Translation. It says this, As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. The voice translation says this, the Israelites were trapped and feared for their lives. This is a great reminder. When you think about fear, it just overtakes you. And not only do you begin to panic in your life, but you begin to realize that it completely takes over your life. You're thinking about it all the time. You're wondering what's going on in your life and what's happening. And you get worried. You get anxious. And then you will notice that in their fear, they started to complain to Moses and started to say some ridiculous things. If you look at verse 12 again, you will notice that they were saying, in essence, that slavery was better than being out in freedom. So think about that for a moment. That as they were looking at their circumstances, they were saying that being back in Egypt as a slave was far greater than being out here and the possibility of dying without a grave. I don't know about you, but the more you think about the story, you realize that they wanted something that was more familiar than really taking the risk to go out and to find and experience genuine freedom. And I realize that this really describes a lot of us. Instead of looking 
upward to God, we look at our circumstances around us and the things that are not happening or the things that are happening in our lives. And we're wondering, is it, is it better if I just went back to the way I used to before I decided I'm going to try to be this Christian or before I really commit my life to Christ, before I decided that I'm going to sacrifice and do this for Jesus? Is it better to go back? And I don't know if that's some of you in this room and some of you have experienced that where you're wondering, is it really better to really follow Christ and to go through all the stuff that I'm going through rather than, yeah, maybe I don't have Christ, maybe not living for Jesus, but still I was able to have some level of safety, security, and comfort. And that's why as I was thinking about this, to choose bondage, and slavery over freedom. It's amazing what fear can do to a person's heart and to a person's mind. I'm wondering if some of our complaining, in fact, that's what they were doing, they're complaining. I'm wondering if some of our complaining hearts are produced because we are fearful of losing something or fearful of facing something. Can I put this as a challenge to all of you? Every single time your mouth utters a complaint or you desire to gossip about something or someone, maybe what you have to ask yourself is that, is there something that I'm afraid of losing? Or is there something that I'm fearful of facing in my life? Because it's easier to complain. It's easier to look at the circumstances and the situation around us rather than looking up to God. What are some of the fears that you're facing right now? Do you see God reassuring you and then reminding you? In verse 13, Moses reassures the people by giving three commands. I don't know if you caught this, but he says, stop, stand, and see. So stop fearing. Don't be afraid. Stand firm, and he says, and see God's salvation, which is translated as God's deliverance. So stop fearing, stand firm, and see God's salvation. Stop, stand, and see. Then in verse 14, it's a reminder that we all need to hear and be reminded of every single day. This is something that we need to hear this and we need to be reminded of. This idea of God fighting for us is such a powerful phrase in this passage because it's reassuring because it's God who's fighting and not necessarily us. In fact, it shows us that God is watching over us and he's covering us. You'll see this in other passages in the Bible. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 30, in the New Living Translation, listen to what it says. The Lord your God is, everyone say this together, come on, going ahead of you, he will fight for you, just as you saw him do in Egypt. So let me just state this for the fact. It says that God is going ahead of you. So he's in front of you. His presence is in front of you. Now look at Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 4, and I'm going to read it from the NIV, and please read the highlighted yellow with me. And it says this, For the Lord your God 
is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. So once again, as we read in Deuteronomy chapter 1, we see that God is in front of us. And then he says he goes with us. So he is next to us. He is on our side. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, does God really have us covered? Because he's got the front of us. He's got the side of us. But you know what I'm saying? My back. Who's got my back? Does God got my back? Well, praise the Lord. There's a Bible verse for that. Listen to what it says. In Isaiah chapter 52, verse 12, in the ESV, it says this. And read the yellow section with me. It says, For you shall not go out in haste, and you shall not go in flight. For the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. Uh, come on now. So what the Bible reminds us is clear. That God is in front of us. He goes with us, so he's next to us. He is on our side, and clearly He's got our back because he is our rear guard. So if you think about this visually, he has surrounded us everywhere we go, whatever it is that we face in our lives. And it could be your Red Sea. It could be the Egyptians coming and different trials in your life. But what we notice here is that God is in front of us. He is with us and he is our rear guard. He will protect us from behind. This is why back in Exodus chapter 14, verse 14, as we have read, God says that they all they have to do is to be silent. Stop, stand firm, and see. And he says that all you have to do is be silent. Now, this will help you because it's not just sitting there and just like, oh, don't say anything. In the New Living Translation, listen to how it translates to this verse. Verse 14, the Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. The NIV says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. The Living Bible says, the Lord will fight for you and you won't need to lift a finger. So it's this idea of not fretting, not freaking out not wondering what's going to happen in the situation. But being silent means there's a stillness in our hearts. That's why in Psalm 46, verse 10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. Listen to some of these other translations. Step out of the traffic. Take a long, loving look at me. What a great reminder. It says, step out of the traffic. Because when you see traffic, you're like, oh my God. That, that's our first reaction. We start getting a little bit anxious because we have to go to that meeting. But it says, step out of the traffic and to take a long, loving look at me. That's, that's, that's trust. That's faith. That's being able to really believe. There's a stillness. That's learning how to be silent before God. And in the Passion Translation, it says this, surrender your anxiety. Be silent and stop your striving and you will see that I am God. What a great reminder. Stop striving stop trying stop trying to do things on your own but learning how to be still before god how do we normally respond 
Do you believe that God is fighting for you? When you face a fearful, uh, fearful situation, which might produce some anxiety in your life, some worry, are you able to reaffirm God's purpose? Why he called you to Hong Kong? Why that he brought you to that life group? Why he gave you that job? Why he is allowing you to go through some of these things? Because maybe because one of his purpose is to make you more like Jesus Christ. And are you reassured of his presence? That he is in front of you, next to you, even behind you. He is literally surrounding you, watching over you. Fear hinders us from doing God's will. That's why we got to look upward to God to be able to move forward with God. Uh, I want to give us about six minutes, not too long, uh, very briefly. And so you got to share quickly. But we want to break up into a little bit of a huddle group so we can actually process this and talk through this as we're talking about how fear hinders us from doing God's will. So the two questions I want us to think about is this. First of all, when we face a difficult situation, why is it easy to be fearful instead of living by faith and trusting in who God is and what he can do? And the second question is, how does a person grow in stillness and be assured that God is constantly fighting for us? So how do you grow in this learning how to be still and to trust? So go ahead and we're going to give you about six minutes and then we'll bring it back together as we close out with the second point. I hope you had a good time just sharing with one another in whether it's Zoom or I know some people sometimes like to do it over WhatsApp. But we want to encourage you as we talk about how we are trying to look upward to God so that we can actually move forward with God. And that's why we cannot allow fear to hinder us from doing God's will. So if fear is something that hinders us from doing God's will, then the second point as I close out with this is that faith helps us to do God's will. That faith helps us to do God's will. As we close out the story, we notice that a couple things that we need to understand more deeply when it comes to putting our trust in God and to really have faith to do His will. The first thing that I want to highlight for us as we look at verse 15 through 18 is that we must trust in God's Word. So if we're talking about faith, and some of you are wanting to, how do I grow my faith? then we have to learn how to trust in God's word. Let me go ahead and read verse 15 through 18 and listen to what it says. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they shall go, uh, shall go in after them and I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts, his chariots, and his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten glory over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. Once again, God speaks to Moses and tells him what is about to happen. And God would miraculously deliver the people through the sea. And all Moses had to do was to raise his staff, and put his hand and put it over the sea. Now, God is always communicating his 
intentions to us through his word. What do I mean by that? A lot of times when we think about God, like how do, how do I live in faith? How do I trust in you? Like he has already indicated to us through his word that when you understand the Bible, when you begin to have a regular intake of it, your mind gets renewed and then you begin to realize this is how I can trust. This is how I can live in faith. So God is always communicating his intentions so that we can actually step out and to help us to live in faith. So once again, what do we see in his word? As he reminded Moses again, it is simply that God will get the glory and the Egyptians will know that he is the Lord. And God is faithful to his word because he cannot lie. Look at verse 15 again. It says this, tell the people of Israel to go forward. That's where we get this idea of our sermon series of even just going forward. The New Living Translation says this, tell the people to get moving. See, when you begin to understand and you begin to believe in the Word of God, that's when you begin to say, you know what? I cannot just stand here. I want to be able to respond to God. I want to move forward. Whatever challenge that you're facing, whatever it is, at whatever crossroad you're at, a lot of times we don't want to make any decision, but that's a decision that you make. But we're fearful. We're controlled by the circumstances around us. And so in order for faith to help us to do the will of God, we need to know and trust in God's word. I'm wondering if we have this kind of faith in God's word. Do you believe what God says that he will do? And for some of us, it's because we haven't really trusted. That's why we can't fully say, yes, I believe that this word, this promise that he has given to us is true. When I think about my life and I think about even just many other people that I've journeyed with in this Christian walk, in this relationship with Jesus Christ, I'll be, I'm, I'm able to say this to you, that the more you begin to take what he says, believe in it, trust in it, and then even put it before God, by praying it and say, God, be true to your word because it's about your glory. It's, it's about people understanding that there is no other God like you. And when we begin to have that kind of faith, you'll see him time and time again showing himself to be faithful. Let me give you an example. Is it God's will? Is it his heart for people to come to know him? Of course. It says so in his word. So that when you step out in faith and share the gospel message, whether that person will come to know Christ or not, it's not really dependent on you, but you're being faithful in sharing the word of God. So what happens? That God takes your responsibility of sharing the word of God, building relationship, investing in that person at work, or it may be at school or in your neighborhood. And as you're sharing your life and you're sharing your faith, as God works, guess what happens? then you'll see someone come to know Jesus Christ because he's true to his word. Let me give you another example for you to think about. How many times does it say in Scripture about God's provisions? How many times in Scripture do you see examples and stories and principles of God providing? Not everything that we want, but the things that we need for us to live in holiness. For us to learn how to glorify God. 
And so he provides for us and we hold on to that. And therefore, even though we're not sure what's going to happen tomorrow, but we can fully trust. Just like the story of Elijah that we talked about, of that investment. And then as we begin to trust in him in these areas of our lives, then you realize he has provided and that he is working. So what does it do? It increases your faith. So you're growing in this. But do you understand why so many of us, when we think about our faith and our trust in God, and why sometimes it just seems as if we're not growing in this, is because we're not believing and trusting in what God has said. This is the reason why you need to be faithful in reading the Word. Even memorizing some of the things that He has promised unto us. Do you believe what He says and that He's going to fulfill it? Another thing you will notice here as we talk about how faith helps us to do God's will is that we must trust not only in God's word, but we must trust in God's work. Let me go ahead and read verse 19 all the way through verse 29. Listen to what it says as the story continues. Then the angel of God who was going before the host of Israel moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them coming between the host of Egypt and the host of Israel and there was the cloud and the darkness and it lit up the night without one coming near the other all night then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and made the sea dry land and the waters were divided and the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground the water began uh, be, being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went in after them into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And in the morning watch, the Lord in the pillar of fire and of cloud looked down on the Egyptian forces and threw the Egyptian forces into a panic, clogging their chariot wheels so that they drove heavily. And the Egyptians said, let us flee before Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea, that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and upon their horsemen. So Moses stretched out their, his hands over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal course when the morning appeared. And as the Egyptians fled into it, the Lord threw the Egyptians into the midst of the air, sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen of all the host of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea. Not one of them remained. But the people of Israel walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Isn't it amazing? It's actually seeing that video just how everything just transpired. But when you read it now, you can't read it the same. You're visualizing this. And what an incredible experience, not only for Moses, but for the Israelite people. In verse 19 and 20, we see that God appears and makes this pillar of fire and this pillar of cloud. And so pretty much God was surrounding them once again with his presence before them, next to them, and behind them. 
And not only that, but it's just a reminder of his presence and also his protection because that fire was protecting them from the darkness around. And so the Egyptians could not penetrate through. Even in verse 21 through 22, we see the sea split open and they walked to the other side. Now, I want you to notice something, and I'm going to try to connect this to what we talked about last week. Notice that Moses stretched out his hands, and as we talked about last week, it was in the sign of prayer. That every single time Moses raised his hand, we saw the Israelites winning. So here, God says to lift up your hand, stretch it out, and pray, put it over the sea. So he's literally praying that God will do something perform a miracle in the midst of this Red Sea, and we see God answers. I'm just wondering, what is your Red Sea? When was the last time you actually stretched your hands metaphorically and began to pray and ask God, Lord, like this thing that's before me, the decision that I have to make, the thing that I'm wrestling through with, this areas that have put me in bondage for so many years, like praying that that Red Sea will split open, that you will see the work of God, the miracle of God, the supernatural works of God. And just like God said, he destroyed the Egyptians and caused them to drown, and the waters came back. I think whenever we respond to God and obey him, he will also respond to us. There's just something beautiful about us taking that step of faith as he works in us. It's not us trying to convince him to do anything. We cannot. He's God. And we're so sinful and depraved in our nature. But it's God who initiates even the faith in us to be able to respond to him. And as he works in us and we respond to him, then it seems as if every single time when the people of God, in obedience to his word, that God somehow works. Maybe not the way you expect it or the way you want it, but he works. And then it's many years later or many months later, you look back and you realize, wow, that was better than what I expected. God, you're so sovereign. You're so, in your providence, you know what you're doing. You orchestrate things. You bring things together that I could not have orchestrated. You brought that person into my life. You brought that experience so that I may be able to then grow in this area of my life. What would happen if our mindset towards difficult things was thinking of, it's just another opportunity for God to demonstrate his power, not only to us, but to show the whole world what kind of God he is. Can we just pause there? I want you to think about that for a moment. What would happen if every single one of us who attends HMCC of Hong Kong or any of you who are watching this, if our mindset for every single difficult and circumstantial thing that we face in our lives, that we actually look at it as here's an opportunity for God to glorify himself and for people to know how awesome he is. I think that will change the way we look at circumstances. Whatever fear that you have, you realize God is still in control. You will not complain. You will not worry as much. You will surrender. You will trust. You will have faith. You will believe. 
that God is doing something amazing. If you look at the last two verses of this chapter, I think this is a good summary of everything that God is trying to do, even throughout history. In verse 30, it says, Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians so that the people feared the Lord and they believed in the Lord and in his servant, Moses. Isn't it amazing? After everything that they experienced, and in this miracle, we see that it affected the people in such a powerful way. It says that the people saw the great power of God and they feared the Lord. They feared the Lord. They also believed God and His servant Moses. I think this is a problem with so many of us. Is that we forget and we fail to remember and we fail to recount the various things that God is doing in our lives. I think this is the reason why the story of the Red Sea and the deliverance and the salvation that they experienced from the Egyptians were told over and over again in the Jewish history. In fact, this is a little bit of a foreshadow to Jesus Christ. That in our own slavery to sin, that Jesus came and he died on the cross so that we can go through the waters, whatever it may be that we're facing. That God took the brunt of the wrath upon his son, Jesus Christ, so that we don't have to face death, so that we will see his great power and we will learn to worship him and obey him. This is the reason why in Psalm 106, verse 7 through 12 in the ESV, listen to what it says. And I, I want you to read the highlighted yellow out loud with me. It says this, Our fathers, when they were in Egypt, did not consider your wondrous works. They did not remember the abundance of your steadfast love, but rebelled by the sea at the Red Sea. Yet he saved them for his namesake that he might make known his mighty power. He rebuked the Red Sea, and it became dry. He led them through the deep as through a desert. So he saved them from the hand of the foe and redeemed them from the power of the enemy. And the waters covered their adversaries. Not one of them was left. Then they believed his words, they sang his praises. Isn't that awesome? That they forgot. But how many times in the phrase you see, he did this. It was God who did that. And then finally they realized that it was God who delivered them. And it says they sang his praises. When you live by faith, 
fully trusting in God's word and his works because it's through his power. That's when worship will come out of our lips. That's when worship will be demonstrated in the way we live our lives. In everything that we do, it's because we serve this God who is all-powerful and who is mighty, mighty to save. How about us this morning? Do we have this kind of faith in God's word and faith in his power to do mighty works? What is your Red Sea that's standing right before you? I'm wondering what would it be like if you would stretch out your hands and begin to pray in dependence on God, trusting and believing by faith. When was the last time you demonstrated this kind of faith? Remember, help, faith helps us to do God's will. Let me just close out with this. Let me talk about the one thing again. Is that when we look upward to God, that's when we're able to move forward with God. So when you think about this, looking upward to God, moving forward with God, it requires us to have faith rather than fear. And if we can operate and move towards that, then God will open up our eyes and we will see incredible things before us and we'll experience supernatural things. Because at the end, what's going to happen is that we're going to give God all the glory and all the praise. So can I give us some next steps as we think through this? What can we do? What should we do? The first thing is this, is to focus on the right things. To focus on the right things. Don't, don't look at the circumstances because once again, maybe it's through those things God's power can be manifested. Maybe it's through those things where God is trying to teach you something. So focus on the right things. That, that opportunity that's before you is something that will bring glory to God. The second thing is this. Fill your mind with the right things. So not only focus on the right things, but fill your mind with the right things. Once again, it goes back to the Word of God. Do you trust in Him? Do you understand what His Word says? If you renew your mind on a regular basis, you're going to be able to experience more of God's heart for you. And third and lastly is follow God with the right things. Learning how to follow God with the right things, that sense of humility, wanting to glorify Him. And when you have that kind of obedient heart before Him to follow Him wherever He leads you, you're going to experience great things. I want to close with this video. It's, a man, uh, it's about a man who developed... Um, PTSD when he was deployed to Afghanistan. In fact, not just once, but three times. And when he came back, uh, he was a mess. There were so many things where he experienced during war that he wasn't able to kind of process. In fact, it just he had trauma. And so he struggled a lot with sleeping. He wasn't able to sleep. He had a family, and he was wrestling through with this. And it wasn't until the Word of God which helped him to have faith and to believe and to trust that he was able to overcome that transformed his life. So let's watch this together. And afterwards, uh, I'm going to give us a quick exhortation. And then we're going to shift over and close out with the song. And then uh, I'll close us in prayer. So let's watch it together. Praise God as you heard 
God showed up in a real way. And I believe that he can do that for you in your life. And as we begin to focus on the right things and fill our minds with the right things and follow God with the right things, I believe that you will experience greater faith rather than fear. That's why we got to be able to look up words to God. Don't look at the circumstances around you, but look upward to God. And that's how you're going to be able to move forward with God. There are some of you who have been watching uh, our online streaming. Uh, some of us, you've been coming out to our church, but you've never made a decision to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want to give you this opportunity to do that. I don't know how anybody in this world can go through a whole lifetime trusting in themselves when there's so many unexpected things that will happen. And that's why we need to learn how to live by faith and trusting in Jesus Christ. All you have to do is confess that you're a sinner, that you believe that Jesus Christ came, lived the perfect life that you could not live, and that he died on the cross for your sins and my sins. And to have faith and to believe that he loves you, that your sins can be forgiven, that your guilt can be taken away, your shame can be completely erased. And if you surrender your life to him and him alone, there are some of you who are already believers and followers of Jesus Christ. But for whatever reason, instead of growing, you're stagnant. And I really believe a big part of that is that you don't really believe in His Word. And that's why you're not experiencing God's works, His power in your life. A lot of us, we're trying to protect ourselves. But when you really experience the love of God, you will go full abandon. It would, you, nothing will stop you from living for Him and to glorify Him. Because once again, as God told Moses, everything that's going to happen is for His glory and so that the Egyptians will know that there is no other God like the Israel's God. What would happen in your life if you lived a little bit more courageously with the faith that God is putting in your life and you obeyed? I'm wondering if you will be not only glorified in your life, but then people will around you will see there is no other God like your God. How do I get to know Him? So let's focus on the right things. Fill our minds with the right things and follow God with the right things. And as we do that, we're going to be able to have greater faith rather than fear. So at this time, we're going to go ahead and just sing one song. And I want to just invite us. I know that sometimes when you sit there, um, for a while, it's easy just to kind of go through the motions. But if you don't mind, just to actually stand right where you are. And just in your little space, that's, that's your sanctuary. God is there in that room. He wants to speak to you. So we're going to sing one song together. And then we're going to close out. And afterwards, I'm going to lead us in prayer. Thank you for listening to the Harvest Mission Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit our website at hongkong.hmcc.net.